Hello everyone and welcome back to Creative Psychopaths. This is Mark yet again at the top of the show, just bringing you in, introducing you to the episode. Um, before we do this introduction though, obviously this is the same bit as always, you, you know this part, it's the follow the social medias bit, the Facebook group Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast, that's the correct group to be in. Uh, Instagram, I said Facebook already, but follow it twice. Um... Twitter. Um, if you join a Facebook group, you want to ask to be on the Discord. You can do that. I'll send you a link for that. Um, so this week I'm talking to Will about Walt Disney foray into horror movies, The Watcher in the Woods. A couple of things I will say going into this one is the chat I have with Will right at the beginning is brilliant, really great. Uh, <laughs> but the plot rundown, I'm it, it's not one of my best ones, but. We have good fun with it. And the only thing you need to know going into this episode is, if Walt Disney did make a horror movie, surely Digby the biggest dog in the world versus Godzilla's the way forward. Welcome to another episode of Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast where each week I talk about well, horror movies, either by myself or with one of my rolling co-hosts, or we talk to a guest about their history with horror movies and a movie of their choice. Um, today, we don't have the rolling co-host. Last week, we did have a rolling co-host, but as with all horror franchises, we tried something different and we're going to go back to what actually works. Um, <laughs> So this week, it's just me and a guest, and we're going to be talking to Will, who I'll say hello to now. Hello. Hello, Mark. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for inviting me on. No, you're more than welcome. I, I love to have people on, and I love to obviously ask them all these questions. But I have installed a new banter section, so we're going to we're gonna try and do a bit of that before, uh, before I do the questions. But, 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 you know, we've just met, so I think I find it unlikely that banter will... Uh, will... We'll see what prevails, shall we? Yeah, yeah. But I've been told I'm not supposed to just jump straight into the questions. I have to have some small talk or some kind oh, of... Oh, so it's got to be a bit of a sort of preamble about yeah. what we've been doing all day and that kind of thing. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, that sort of generally right. boring small talk that people enjoy, yeah. I don't know. The bit, the bit that people skip past when they listen to a podcast, that bit. Yeah, that's the bit, yeah. The bit where they go, come on, just get into the show, stop whiffing yeah. on. Well, look, we've got to have this banter section, so um, I don't know. There you go. Brilliant. Right, so let's get into these questions. That was good banter, that. Well done. Thank um, you. <laughs> uh, so we always start with, what is the first horror movie you can remember seeing? Uh, the very first one I can remember seeing that left a, a real impression on me was The Thing from Another World, which is the, sort of the original version, if you like, of John Carpenter's The Thing, which I'm sure you're well aware of. The Thing from Another World was filmed in 1958, so it's almost... Well, I remember watching it as a kid, I think with my dad, probably late night, and he was 
I think kind of watching it and think, what's this nonsense, you know, this sort of creature feature uh, mm. kind of thing. Uh, but as I've grown up and found out more about it, there's a lot more to it than that. But the, the most memorable thing about it was there's a, um, there's a scene where they, they electrocute the, the monster, if you like, mm. and yeah. it just bursts into flames. And I just remember being really sort of struck by, by that, how even though it was all black and white thing, and uh, I've watched it quite recently actually, and it's um, it hasn't aged so well, but it's still it still maintains that uh, shock, if you like, of 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 seeing that. It left quite a quite an impression. And as I learned more about the film, it, uh, I became more um, sort of in, impressed by it, the the background and the, the story yeah. and, and that kind of thing. Wow, yeah, that, I mean that's a that's a good that's a good start. An absolute classic. And I think I might be wrong, but I think John Carpenter's thing might be a sequel to that. I think it's technically a sequel. Um yeah, you know, it, obviously it, it is a remake, but I think technically, um yeah. Yeah, you you rarely hear it called a remake. That I, when when I saw the John Carpenter the mm-hmm. version, I, I didn't put it in I didn't put it together in my head that it was a sequel or anything to the original, well, yeah. comedy, the original thing, but it's called the thing from another world. Whereas John Carpenter's is called the thing, and as and that's a great film. I, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of people who would would have that as the standalone favorite horror movie. And it's um, it, it's I think 982 was John Carpenter's the thing. So that's mm. you know well over 30 years since the, the Howard Hawks version. But um, that's equally shocking to me even now. The, the John Carpenter version, it's quite, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it runs quite a lot on Horror Channel and stuff, and uh, I tend to dip in and out when it's on, and the, the special effects, which everyone all, uh, is well aware of, and that the makeup effects are, mm. uh, are incredible. And I, what I like about that is the, the isolation aspect, they're just out there on this Arctic station, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's just them versus this thing, <laughs> you know, as, as, it, as they call it in the title. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing I really like about the thing is the effects are great but actually the one thing i really like about it is the sort of suspicion part of it like you don't know who's what and the bit when they you know they do test the blood and it's like who is who you know i i really i do really like that movie but i must admit i'm surprised that nobody has actually chosen it as their favorite yet um yeah, the, there's a, the, that that aspect of yeah, the whole suspicion thing is is like a, a scary thing in its itself because they're all sort of friends and work colleagues to for the most part, but they're all uh, there are there's always this air of right, someone's going to get it next, and we're going to have to wheedle them out so so we yeah. can survive. But one one of the things I learned about the original the thing was that um, it's it's a it's it's a plant it, it, the the alien it's like plant based because there's a scene where they take um they find its arm i think they managed to blow its arm off at, at some point and it and it starts to regrow yeah. um and they realize that it's a, a plant so that there's the sort of thing and th- this thing can just sort of reanimate itself if, if you like you know it can re regrow so how on earth do we begin to um kill it or deal with it or or stop it you know and it's uh it's it's a it's a vegan um, horror villain, uh, you know, which is quite prescient yeah. <laughs> um, at the moment. I, I don't really touch on that aspect of it in the John Carpenter 
version, but um, the, the, that original one, that's the, the sort of plot, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um, certainly a good place to start. So did, would you say that's when you became a horror fan? It almost sounds like it was. <laughs> I think uh, I was just terrified, so I don't know if, mm. I, I'm not sure if I thought I need to watch more horror films yeah uh, but there's a as with all as with all horror whether you're sort of into them or not there's a, a fascination you've got to see what's next you know you've got to see the monster revealed or you've got to see what's behind that door or who, who gets killed mm. next you know and I, I think i was so young when i watched it that i didn't suddenly start watching loads of horror films i must have been about sort of about eight which, right, as a, yeah. I mean, in uh, my generation in the 80s, we were just watching everything, like really violent videos mm. of, and all that kind of stuff. And so that, seeing that, that was probably something that I'd have thought quite tame, you know, an all black and white yeah. movie from the 50s, especially when we were growing up and we were watching, probably like yourself, watching Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, Friday the 13th, and, you know, people are just getting stabbed left, right, centre throughout the film, aren't they? Yeah. You know, so the... I think even as a kid, I, I thought the thing from another world was a bit. It, it looked a bit old and schlocky, but it, it was that particular scene where the the dude sort of do away with him and they electrocute him and he catches fire, uh, and that really sort of stayed with me, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I'm from that era too. Although I my introduction to horror was actually later than that, but I do. I do know what you're talking about. We did just watch anything because I remember watching RoboCop when I was really young, and that is a yeah. that is an absolute bloodbath of a movie. Um, one of my favourites, actually. If I could get away with calling it a horror film, I'd be so doing that on here, but <laughs> I don't think I can. Yeah, I mean, it fits neatly <laughs> into that '80s sort of. Do I mean it's an action film essentially, RoboCop? I guess you'd, you'd call yeah. it, wouldn't you? You'd call it a science, science fiction. Yeah. Yeah, but there were. You know, they were no less violent because of it. I mean, even films like no. films. I used to watch Rambo and all the Arnold Schwarzenegger films, and they were like so violent. You know, I mean, I, I didn't watch a load of horror films as a kid. I was more into sort of um, action films, you know, like Arnie and yeah, and, me and, too, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and they were really violent. I always hated Terminator because it was scary. I was like, I was like, and I was an Arnie fan, like like you obviously were, and I didn't mind Predator. Um, most of obviously his films are very gory, Running Man, stuff like that. Running Man's quite gory, as I recall. Yeah. Um, do, do you consider them to be horror films as such, though? No, no, they're definitely no. they're definitely sci-fi. I think you could you could make a case for Predator being a horror film, but I would yeah. I would say Not that Terminator. the first Terminator is absolutely a horror film. The first one, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's no doubt a slasher film. In fact, <laughs> we're sort of almost already going off track, but that when the the sort of end when the skin gets burnt off him and the, and and that machine chases it, chasing them down, and it just mm-hmm. will not stop. Scary as hell. Yeah, uh, just the yeah. relentless sort of drive yeah. of it, just not yeah. going to go away. Yeah. I suppose yeah. there's elements of that in, in things like The Thing because you, you just wonder how they're going to, how will they stop this, you mm-hmm. know, this entity, the, 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 this thing, or, you know, what will they come up with to, to, to stop it? Because earlier in the film, in the, the original thing, the... Um, they're, they're hitting it with planks of wood and sticks and shooting it and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, they have to, in the end, they have to electrocute it, which isn't a, it's not a typical sort of horror 
trait to electrocute the, the big monster. That's not something you, you see so often, I don't think. that It normally ends with heads getting cut off, mm. doesn't it? Or splattered yeah. against. God no, you're right, what. yeah. I could only think of maybe Jaws 2. I think they electrocute oh, yeah. the shark yeah. in Jaws 2. That's the only, only, mm. only other time I can think of it. I'm sure there are you, other you, times. You, 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 after that, you, you needed to see blood, you know, on a, in an electrocution. You, you might not say that, but other stuff you see, I don't know, a pair of garden shears getting pushed through the chest or someone's arm getting just stepped yeah. off, you know. The, 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 the electrocution aspect of it is not, it's perhaps not as gory as, as was favoured in, in films afterwards, maybe. There had no. to be blood, I think, you know. It just sort of depends what era you go through, really, doesn't it? Like you say, you talk, I mean, you're talking about 80s there and it was, you know, the gory of the kill. Yeah. I mean, obviously... It got more mm. out of hand, and we've got away from that a bit now. Um, I, th- I feel like mm, more movies. Do, do, these... you think, do you think that's a? Do, do you consider that a good thing? Do you think? Because I sort of think they were at the stage where you think, right? I, I mean, it might be me and my age, and you're—I know you're probably a little bit younger than me, but you sort of think, right? I've seen everything a horror film can possibly horror, can can possibly offer by now. You've, you know, you've been watching them for what 30, 40 years, maybe. You, you yeah. must have sort of seen everything. You know, I I don't think that I have. I think I've barely scratched the surface of what, what, what's out there. Right. I, I feel like, um, especially since starting this podcast, I just watch everything and anything that people recommend or stuff that's passed me by. And you know, I think there's there's, there's so much stuff out there that, you know, like I say, I haven't really seen. I watched Phantasm the other week for the first time and never got round oh, to yeah. it. And it was so much different from what I expected. Personally, I thought it was a sack of shit, but um, mm. it, um, it was different. It's yeah, it's, it's good that you sort of found, still finding not necessarily new things, but things you didn't know about or things you hadn't. Seen. Yeah. So no. I, so I like I like modern stuff to sort of elevate. I, I don't I really don't like the term elevated horror, but that is what they call mm. it. Um, and I like the hereditaries and things like that. And I think yeah, there's something to that. Yeah, I, I rarely see things now that scare me in in horror films. Uh, do you know what I mean? Uh, 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 that's that's sort of the, the my view of it. I'd like to go in and be scared, but I, I, I don't know if it's as you get older and your life experience, you think, oh, well, you know, this guy in a mask isn't going to scare me, you know? Uh, no, that, but I think that's um, I think that's why some of these elevated horrors work, like stuff like Midsommar. I don't know if you've seen that. No, um, I haven't. I've heard some interesting reviews of it, but I haven't yeah. seen it. But that's um, that's unsettling in a way that you can barely. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't even say scary, but unsettling. And we really, we really are going off um, off the yeah. things there. Let's let's keep moving forward with what's the yeah. scariest horror movie? Right. The. The 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 answer I was going to give originally to this, it, it's not really a horror film. But I find it a really disturbing film, and that's Zodiac, which is a serial killer mm-hmm. film, yeah. the David Fincher thing. Um, but I've chosen The Shining because I watched it at a quite young age, actually, mm. probably far too young to be watching The Shining. And it was very different to a lot of the, the 80s shocker stuff that I'd, I'd watched. It, it, it was like, a, I mean, it's gory in places, as, as you'd be well aware, for anyone who's seen it would... Would think, but it was the psychological aspect of the characters, particularly Jack, you know. And I remember seeing it. I remember my, seeing my parents watching it when I was a kid once, and I watched a few 
scenes and I thought, well, what is this? It's like, I could tell it was a horror film, you know, because it's very sort of atmospheric, but the, um, it was the, the intensity of probably Jack Nicholson's performance. I, I won't go into it too much now because there's some questions that are going to come up right, okay. as we go through that, that will um, that will sort of refer to it. But um, the the other thing with that is it, it's not like a, there's no ghosts and there's no monster. There's just this guy who's just lost his mind, and sometimes that's you know the scariest thing of of all, perhaps. Mm. There are ghosts, all right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, yeah, not the obvious sort of, oh. you know, a guy in a sheet and, and that kind of thing, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I don't think there's anything I can say about The Shining that hasn't been said before. Yeah. Or, um, and I know someday I'm going to have to do that on the podcast. Um, mm. And I look forward I look forward to getting around to doing it. Um, but we'll keep moving forward with questions because there's a lot to get through. Um, so, oh, best kill. Right. Well, again, I'm, I go to the Shining for this, so I've, oh, right. I've touched. I've touched on it. Um, so the, the particular um, instant is where uh, he, Jack kills uh, the character Halloran, so that he's, he's lost his mind and he's, he's in the um, he's in the hotel, and Halloran comes back to he's sort of comes back to see who's left, I think, and he's walked. So it's very uh, it's virtually silent. The, the approach to it and Halloran start walking up the corridor and I think he says hello and is anyone there and th there's no suggestion of where a kill would come from and then all of a sudden Jack Nicholson's character he just appears from behind a pillar and he just thuds like an axe into Halloran's chest and he, mm. and he kills him and so it's the there's nothing spectacular about it it's like a a proper horror film kill, and in, in, he just swings an axe and it just goes straight into the guy's chest. Yeah. And he kills him. And then it's sort of intercut with uh, young Danny, who can see it because he can see all these things, even though he's not there and he's screaming. Mm. And then um, I think that the one swing of the axe sort of does it and he's on the floor. But the thing that stayed with me was that uh, it's when Jack Nicholson appears, he comes, he sort of, his head comes back up in into the shot. You don't really see a great deal of gore in that scene. But he, in a film where he looks manic throughout, he looks absolutely, you know, beyond anything that that I'd seen. And I remember saying that and thinking, what is what has made a man like that? What has made him go like that? And in that same way, you see his face. That is what I, I really thought. And again, it's that whole thing of perhaps that, you know, this bloke with an axe is more scary than, um, you know, a, a giant lizard or whatever it might be. You mm. know. Yeah. And come to think of it, that's the only kill in that film. Yeah, I mean, there's not a huge amount of characters yeah. in it. And no. yeah, there's the, I find that the scene at the end where he uh, he speaks to Philip Stone in the toilets and Philip Stone's the butler. And he, he says, You're, you've always been the caretaker here and all that. And I think that's one of the most disturbing parts of the film because it's so disconcerting and... Um, there's no bloodshed, there's no murder or anything, and it's just uh, an exchange between mm. them two. I'm not sure what it is about that that particular scene. I don't know if it's Pat Stone's performance or or what. He's very serious, and he he um, and Jack Nicholson's kind of quite calm in it. But it's uh, I don't know if it's because there's been so much bloodshed that when you see a scene like that, you're almost expecting something horrific to happen just pop up and you know when you're not expecting it you're always waiting for that next shock i guess 
Yeah, I mean, it's a well-made movie. Kubrick knew what what he was doing. I think he, I think he treated. Oh, I've forgotten the name of the actress. I think he treated her very badly though during that. Um, yeah, yeah. They were they were famously. It was a famously difficult uh, shoot, wasn't it? I mean, Kubrick's are around and there's, there's endless takes, and he's trying this and he's trying that, and the. I mean, the actors were just treated as, as as he said, they're just actors. You know, they're there to serve me and. I imagine obviously to get the best I can out of them and get the best movie. And if that means doing hundreds and hundreds of takes and losing the mind, and maybe there was a method in his madness in that the, the idea of the characters in the film go mad, and the, I think the actors pretty much went mad, didn't they? But yeah, the, it really yeah. prevails, doesn't it? Throughout. It does. Right. Um, what's the next question? Standout effects. Right, this is probably the last time I'm going to mention The Shining, but the scene where the lift doors open and the blood mm-hmm. uh, comes through. Yeah, I, yeah, I've never seen anything like that before. And he, uh, that was one of the first times where I, I was watching a horror movie and I started thinking about how do they make a horror movie? Because how do they arrange that and how do they make that happen? And I, I sort of later learned that the, that shot, which is, it's only a few seconds, it, it's, uh, they, they tried three takes of it over the course of a year, it took that long to set up. Um, the, you know, it took a year to get it mm. get it right, and the, the cost of it and the logistics of it, um, you know, were immense. But it's a really sort of visual, visceral scene, and you only see it for a few seconds. And I don't know if that's perhaps why it, it resonates more. You just see a few seconds. It's almost like you, you think, did I just see that? Did I just see yeah. all the blood just sloshing out of this lift into this? You know, it was just a, a really... Um, a really strong image, you know. Yeah, it does. It absolutely stands out. It, it, when I think of The Shining, to be quite honest, that's, I think of the twins and I think of that. That's what I really think about. And that Simpsons episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Okay. A movie that needs a sequel, a movie that needs to stop making sequels. So now, right. Shining had a sequel, so you can't have that. Right. Well, I'm not going to. I haven't got an answer <laughs> as such. My answer is that uh, I'm rarely a fan of sequels of any films, unless so horror films. So I would sort of answer that I don't think anything needs a sequel, or I couldn't necessarily think of something mm. where uh, I thought, oh, what a great sequel, or what a, or, you know, that really added something to the first film. Yeah. And, and so with that in mind, when. You know, I guess you would ask next what um, film shouldn't have a sequel, and I'd, I'd probably say the same thing. So I really mm. sort of racked my brains to to come up with something that I thought worked. You know, I mean, is there anything particularly you think that is, well adds to it? Um, no. I'm going to get round to these questions one day, so I don't want to reveal. Yeah, too- fair enough. So what? <laughs> what? I, what I would say is. Um, I do understand where you're coming from, but all through the 80s, everything everything had sequels and sequels and sequels. And it's just sort of, I feel like you have to accept that that's, that that's sort of part of the process. And, you know, for example, Nightmare on Elm Street had some really good sequels. Mm. Um, the third one, a lot of people prefer the third one to anything else. And on top of that, New Nightmare that came out, you know, quite a long ways after that was was really good uh, much better than expected and again like friday the 13th yeah 
I've already revealed on here that Friday the 13th is my favourite franchise, so that's one question mm-hmm. I'll answer later. But for me, Friday the 13th doesn't find its feet until the sixth the sixth one. Um, it's so... I, I, yeah, yeah, I sort of think if, if something has to... If you've got to wait till the third or fourth, in, you know, sequel mm. or installment, I'm going to call it, uh, I'm... <laughs> I'd still get, get invested, you know, and I've watched all the, I used to watch it when I was a kid, all the Friday yeah, things, yeah, yeah. great fun, all the Halloweens and, and Nightmare on Elm Street, but, uh, no, and yeah, I don't think left a, a great impression on me. I do agree, like the first Friday the 13th could end at the first one, especially the ending of the first Friday the 13th is, you know, absolutely amazing. Um, I, just, I don't know if you remember the girl thinks she's safe and then... Jason comes out of the water and that's basically the end of the film. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's a really, because Jason's not actually the killer in that film, spoilers. Um, so, you know, but like I say, I think without some of those sequels, we wouldn't have the horror icons that we have today. So I think we do need True. some of that. And there are, um, you know, there are things where, yeah, like I say, we wouldn't have the icons, and I don't think we would have um, been moving forward with with horror the way we are if it wasn't so ingrained in that way. And I mean, yeah, and it, I suppose if if you'd only had one film, the the, the less, hmm. um, like would, you say, the, the 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 you know the less visible and less yeah yeah uh, available, if you like. But I, yeah. I, I always the impression I always get with sequels, particularly horror films, is that the first one, okay, yeah, it made a shitload of money, great. Let's get another one out there real quick. Mm, so yeah. you know that the, the quality is probably going to deteriorate because it's just going to get it out and make all loads of money, you know. And yeah. I think if they make if they make one that's half decent, it's probably an accident, you know. That's yeah. what I look at. Yeah, I think I don't know. I don't know what it is. Just lately, I've just gotten around to liking everything I see, apart from apparently, yeah. apart from apparently Phantasm, but. You know, I went to see the Jurassic Park movie the other day, going off tangent, and everyone hated it. And I was like, this is fine by me. You know, dinosaurs, new cast, old cast, fine by me. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm uh, I think I've become less discerning. <laughs> I, I wonder if the, the fact that you know, Jurassic Park's a good example, actually, because the uh, you know, like most people, I was just amazed when I saw that. I was like 12 year old when I I think something like that, 12, 13. And you're yeah, just me like, too, wow. Yeah. And and because you want because you, you I don't think you're going to say anything like because you're so impressionable when you're a kid and so in art of most things films certainly that any attempts to improve on it you you you're looking at it through the, the prism I suppose of being a few years older so if you look at it now when you're nearly forty or however old you might be you you're always probably looking for that moment where you know where you see the the dogs at the beginning and you're like wow whereas now you, mm. you've watched so much cgi and stuff over the last you know 25 30 years you i don't think there's much that's gonna blow you away i mean the, the last couple of dress pack films i haven't sort of kept up just based on them at all yeah i think um i think i've got i've managed to get a dumb fun filter and i think that's what it is i think basically yeah. that um <laughs> i'm like you can't judge everything by you know, well, I don't know what people think the best movies are. So, I mean, I, I can't, I can't judge everything by Jaws. You know, <laughs> like, it would be unfair, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, big dinosaurs, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, we've really I've probably got watched the new one. one. I haven't said all that. I'll probably go and see the new one. So, um, I, I just thought, you know, I don't want people want sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. even when, if you, the first Jurassic Park's great. and But if you take it apart, there's, you know, there's not a whole heap of depth to it. No, there isn't. There isn't. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, it's a very basic premise, yeah. isn't it? But I do wonder if, if uh, you know, a 10, 11 or 12-year-old going to see the new one now, I don't think they'll be awestruck because it, it's the norm to see those effects and, and that kind of thing. That's now true. Now it's That's you know, true. I guess. But again, we're straying off here. We're on the dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say to you, I wanted to try and keep this under an hour as well, and it's never going to yeah. happen. Um, so I've got a feeling that you won't have a favourite franchise then. Well, we might get under an hour here because we'll <laughs> I'll spin through this. The reason yeah. being, as we discussed sequels, is that yeah. I, I don't. I think one of the reasons is, and this is a, a sort of personal thing, but when about 20 years ago, when there was a real sort of boom in all these franchises like Saw and Final Destination and Scream and all that kind of stuff, I worked in a cinema and they were just getting turned over week after month after year. There were so many of them and they, they made money. They showed mm-hmm. they did and that. Yeah, no, yeah. that's the first thing. Uh, but I think that's why I'm just... They all just roll into one crazy thing. And again, uh, I remember the, seeing the first um, Final Destination and thinking, oh, yeah, it's got some kind of innovative ideas and, and all that. But then they're on to, like, two and three. And and the, it was about the same time when Blair Witch Project came out and there was a whole thing. It sort of spurred, It sort of kicked off the, the found footage kind of thing um, that, that still... I mean, it's had a good run. It's still you still get that idea used to date. So franchise wise, yeah, I sort of take the the same view I do of signals. Mm-hmm. Having said that, the the one that I just thought went on for far too much, but I thought had a brilliant original film was Saw because I know it went on for like eight or nine movies or something. Is it on about nine films now? Was it? Nine, I think. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. the the first one I thought was I thought was brilliant. Mm, yeah, I agree. I agree as far as the source is concerned, and that is one franchise that I'm not on board with. Um, so what is the worst horror you've seen? Right, this was easy. This was absolutely easy. Um, it's The Wolfman, the, the 2010, uh, if you can call it a remake of the original Wolf werewolf films with Benicio Del Toro. But I, I remember going to see it the pictures, and again, uh, I'd... Because I'd worked, I didn't work there then, but I used to work there. And I'd, I'd got some free tickets, and put it this way, I'd be very, very disappointed and annoyed with myself if I'd appeared to go and see it. And I, I wouldn't appear to go and see it in any case. But we went along, and it was just so dull and dreary, and the the performances were just formed in. It was Anthony Hopkins in it, and Denise mm. Del and Del Toro, and it, it's the whole. It, it's kind of a Victorian London set, and the whole Sherlock Holmes thing and it was just so uneventful and laboured that the only notable thing I could say about it and I only discovered this recently when I knew I was doing the podcast and I looked it up was that it actually won an Oscar now what do you suppose that was for? Makeup? It was makeup yeah it was Rick Baker and uh, someone else was called makeup artist and the, the won an Oscar but beyond that I I couldn't say anything about it it didn't scare me at all and it didn't excite me, and it was just largely immemorable. Other than the fact that it's the, it, it's not that it's that bad. It was just boring. 
you know. Mm, yeah, and, uh, and have you seen it? Do you, do you recall it? I've seen it. I remember. I think my my dad liked it, but I don't know why. Um, but I, the one thing I'm thinking of, I said makeup then, as if because that, that was just a guess. Because I don't remember the yeah. makeup being that good. Yeah, now you mention it. No, it was quite ordinary. Yeah, there wasn't anything seemingly spectacular. Mm. I don't know if they were referring specifically to, you know, the, the wolf, changing the wolf and that, or just make up in general, the, the full film. But, yeah, now, now you mention it. Um, yeah, I don't recall anything that mm. jumped out at me in, in, that, in that respect, yeah. No, I mean... I can see... Do you know, I can genuinely see why you would choose that, because... It's so forgettable. Yeah, I mean, mm. I, 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 I think now, I, I, I think now, I haven't talked to you about it now, and I might rewatch it at some point. I, I feel like I should give it another chance, perhaps. But you, I mean, I don't. You, you rarely see it screened on television or anything for whatever reason. Um, no, I don't think so. No, because I think your recollection of it is right. It's dreary, and it it yeah. doesn't it doesn't move at any kind of pace, and. I can't remember a particular action scene, a particular yeah. murder, a particular death scene. I can't remember a key female character in it. I just remember that. I think it takes a long things. time to get to the wolf. Yeah. I'm not sure who directed it, actually. Well, the, the whole thing, just they just seemed to sort of phone in. I get the feeling it, it, it was, it might have been some of that had some production issues as as films often do. And when that happens, that things start to fall apart, don't they? Yeah, because I feel like we went through a bit of a stage of that where we were getting some of these old well no not really. I was going to say universal monsters but that's not true because the Frankenstein we got was Mary Shelley's and I think that might have been 91 or something like that yeah um there was a bit of a mummy version wasn't there with the Tom Crow's mummy version racing that, that was, was off, wasn't it yeah but that was quite recently yeah but I understand that that was an effort to try and bring back the universal monsters yeah but from what I understand the mummy was not very good it always baffles me that because the blueprint's there. All you have yeah. to do, all you have to do, is follow it. And you know, there are hundreds of horror fans out there who will happily, you know, go out there and watch a decent version of the films that they love or you know yeah. have loved. So it doesn't make any the sense. The thing to is, me. I just wonder if because they've seen so many, like if someone, if someone, I don't know, announced tomorrow they're going to, you know, reboot the mummy or whatever, or they're going to make a version of it. You don't like to think, right, well, we just had a sort of Tom Cruise one, even though that wasn't it. I mean, it wasn't a remake as such, but they try and breathe some life into it. And then prior to that, we had The Mummy sort of just over 20 years ago, the Brendan Fraser. And, you know, I know, I know it was a bit different. It wasn't horror film as such, but I think they've had so much Mummy, for want of a better word, that they, they probably think, oh, another Mummy film. You know, it's like, it's like oh, it's another Spider-Man film already. All right, well, there's, there's just one like... You know, it's not even like the main sequels. It's just the completely rebooting every few years. Like yeah. Spider-Man, for example, you know. Or Batman as well, probably. Yeah, well, that's it, though, isn't it? But, I mean, we're going off on a different different thing there. Yeah, but... we're, we're racing off, aren't we? I know. <laughs> they will make what makes money, so... Yeah. You know, that's that's the thing of it. That's why we're getting yeah. endless Marvel movies. I mean, I, I actually quite like most of the Marvel movies, but, um, you know... They're just going to keep making them. <laughs> yeah. So the final question before we get into the movie is, what is your favourite horror movie? Right. Well, um, 
it's the the one I had in mind. Well, it's not really a horror film, but I feel obliged to mention it. It's Zodiac because it's one of the scariest films mm. I've seen. But it's not. I mean, it's based on true events, and it's a, basically a serial killer film. But if if you sort of supplanted the serial killer aspect out of it and just put in a, a sort of monster or a vampire or something, it would work fantastically. But uh, as it's not a horror film. Uh, I think it might be the Wicker Man, and when I must state that the original, you know, Edward Woodward and Christopher Lee version, not to be confused with the, the Nicolas Cage uh, version. Bees. <laughs> Indeed, that's probably the only thing that anyone can recall about the, the the remake. Although I think they made a sequel to the the remake as well, didn't they? Do a few straight video type bits and pieces or something? I don't know. I didn't see the Nicolas Cage one. I literally only know the bees. Yeah. The, uh, the 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 thing that sort of scared me most, I think, about the um, the Wicker Man is the which, by the way, it's got a really interesting making uh, story because it was all fractious and there was bits of footage missing and all that. Well, that's perhaps for another time. But the the fact that um, the there's no there's no monster as such again. It's a very human thing, and he visits this small town. Mm-hmm. And the, the most disturbing thing is their sort of ignorance of uh, the outside world, if you like. Um, he, he comes along as this outsider, Edward Woodward, to investigate the disappearance of a, this girl, Rowan. Yeah. And, he, he, you know, and he, he, he's asking questions. It's just a, such a close community. And I, I'm probably speaking a bit from experience, because I've travelled quite a lot and gone to lots of different towns and cities and small villages all over the, um, mm. all over the world. And... That I sort of get that aspect of, you know, you're this outside, you're this interloper. I mean, I wasn't there investigating murders, but um, th- there is that there is that sort of element. And yeah. making, he's just making no headway, really, because of the, uh, they're all sort of in cahoots, if you like. And it's all very, you, when you mentioned Mid- Midsummer earlier, which I've not seen, but I think that takes its cue from the Wickerman by all accounts. And um, it, it's that whole folk horror thing, which is... It, it's quite disturbing because it's always so happy and cheery and cheerful. You've got the maypole and flowers and, and mm-hmm. all that, but then you've got these really gruesome and bizarre rituals, which to not present a spoiler to anyone, but the Wicker Man is quite the, quite the ending, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd say Midsommar does take quite a lot from uh, yeah. the Wicker Man. Because, um, um, well, originally you, we were going to do that film yeah, I think yeah, I think there was there was a trouble finding the actual original version. Mm-hmm. I, I ended up buying the. It's not called the director's cut, is it? It's called the ultimate. I can't cut remember. There were so many. Yeah, there was the the shot. I think they'd cut about twenty minutes, half an hour from the the original film, and mm-hmm. when and this is before it was released. They'd done a screen, and with I think it was most of the cast because I think Christopher Lee was was there, and he said. He said, where's the, where's the movie? Where's the, you know, he said, there's like 20 minutes, half an hour missing. Yeah. Um, the, 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 said, the producer said, oh, we, we had to cut it. It was too long. Well, then that footage seemed to disappear and no one could find it. And that just added sort of to the, the mystery of the, the film, I, I guess, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was sort of, in the end, I was glad that we didn't do that one because I think it doesn't lend itself to a, a long plot rundown, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, it's, it's basically a missing person's case, and yeah. that essentially that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Right, well, that is the first slice of bread in the horror sandwich, which, I don't know, what do you do with bread? Put butter on it. We're from the 80s, let's put margarine on it. <laughs> bit of stock, get a bit of stock on there. <laughs> Uh, so the filling of this is the movie that you brought along, which is The Watcher in the Woods. It is. No. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through this and then we'll, work, we'll, uh, we'll ask you at the end what, why, you, why, I've chosen. Why, yeah. why you brought this along. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I will say going into this is watching it, no, I won't tell you about watching it. But what I did, what I did discover is the history of this movie is yeah. quite interesting, and mm-hmm. rel- relatively interesting anyway. So, The Watcher of the Woods was made in 1980 by Disney, and it was their attempt at um, creating some kind of Exorcist movie, or at least digging into that. Um, it was released in cinemas in 1980 for a week, and it got kind of critically panned, and because the ending was a bit dodgy. So they actually took it back out of the cinemas again and reshot the ending. Uh, in fact, they reshot quite a lot of the movie. Um, and I understand they had trouble getting some of the actors back and things like that. And it came back out again in 1981 with a different move, with a different ending, which is the ending we're going to talk about here. What I did find quite interesting was um, that they they asked quite a lot of people to come up with endings and. I don't know whether this figure's true or not, but apparently they had about 152 possible endings to this movie, which um, I thought was uh, quite a a lot going on. And, um, yeah, like I say, I really... um, Spoilers now. I really... I enjoyed going into the history of this movie more than I enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I can see why that was the case. Yeah. Yeah. so this movie was directed by John Howe. I um, think Howe, yeah. Oh, you're fine. Yeah. I didn't say Howe, but yeah. Oof. Yeah. It could be Oof. Mm. Um, and there's also also Vincent McEverty, but he isn't yeah. actually um credited. Credited, but yeah. presumably he was part of the reshoots. And this is based on a 1976 novel of the same name. Mm-hmm. The movie stars Betty Davis as Mrs. Aylwood. Lynn Holly Johnson as Jan Curtis, Kyle, Rich- Kyle Richards as Ellie Curtis. I'm not sure why she's called Kyle, but whatever. Maybe yeah, it's Kyle. I wonder that myself, yeah. yeah. Uh, Richard Pascoe as Tom Colley, Ian Bannon as John Keller. And I didn't write anyone else's name down. Um, so I think that's a podcast. There are other people in this. Oh, David, David, David McCallum's in it, actually. Yeah. We um, digress. So uh, the first thing is, even though I've already said it, the first thing going into yep. this is it tells you it's a Disney movie, and mm-hmm. I get and I go, why has he suggested a Disney movie? <laughs> um, it's got very weird intro music, very odd intro music that doesn't seem to know what it is. Um, me a bit um let's see so we we come across 
we're introduced to a family and they're uh, being driven. No, sorry, the dad is driving with an estate agent to a um, a house that they're wanting to rent, I think. One of the kids is quite sassy at this point. I quite enjoyed that. Um, and I also enjoyed that the estate agent tries to say, goes, it's not isolated, it's secluded. Same word, mate. <laughs> um, at this point, we see a sort of weird POV in the woods, like, oh, peeking through the trees. Oh, very good. Apparently, it's a cheap house to rent, this massive house. And uh, the person who owns it, Mrs. Aylwood, lives in a cottage just next door. Hello, I live here. Um, let's see, the, ki- kid, the two kids playing in the, tr- in the trees, Jan and Ellie. Uh, and then there's wind. Ooh, wind. Uh, Mrs. Aylwood uh, says, oh, let's see. What, why have I written what you doing here? Oh well, she's. Says, I think she does say something to, to that effect. <laughs> on when, I mean, it, she's she's played by Beth Davis, who's like famously um, blunt, I guess. And I think they just wanted to, to sort of play Beth Davis and just be really sort of curt and sharp with, with everyone. Yeah, she's very. Yeah, I, I quite liked it. And um, let's see, there's who's that kid? Zoom. Oh yeah, okay. So. Uh, Mrs. Aylward obviously is looking at the kid and then it just this the camera does an actual zoom like a zoom in like someone's actually pressed the zoom button <laughs> yeah. um, I think that was uh, Vince McKeever's idea probably uh, that's why that's why I didn't get credited maybe so the, 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 the sort of arrive at the house and it's the beginning of this delightful new life supposedly as you always see in these horror films but it's um the house is just like haunted to, to hell. Yeah. Yeah. So um she the estate agent shows them around. The dad starts playing some jazz. Ooh. And the estate agent says, I thought he said he was opera. I thought he was a serious musician. She obviously didn't like the jazz. I quite liked the jazz. When you said opera, I thought he was a serious musician. I have a very soft touch late at night. Um, seriously, though, who is that kid? Oh, yeah, because of Mrs. Aylwood. It's like, seriously, though, who is that kid? Um, they Two kids are choosing a bedroom, and um, she... I've forgotten the name of the characters. Jan is looking out of uh, the window into the woods and she sees the cartoon lights in the woods. And we do another zoom in on that. Uh, and then there's a cartoon flash. And then the glass that she's got a hand on cracks into a sort of triangle shape that we see <laughs> later on. And um, yeah, that, that, that's the, one of the, that's like the, uh, one of the first really scary parts, if you can imagine. You know, it's like, oh, it's crack glass. That's like, you think, oh, we've got a problem here. Glass is just cracking. You know, it's a classic, like, horror movie trope, isn't it? There's a blue light in the bushes, glass is cracking. People are getting zoomed in on. You know, we're, we're off, we're, we're away. Yeah. Um, so, Mrs. Elwood comes in and says, oh, you've hurt yourself. And uh, she oh, I saw something out there. And Mrs. Elwood says, what kind of person are you? Do you sense stuff? Um, what? <laughs> What sort of person are you? Well, it's hard to say, just average, I guess. Are you adventurous and kind? Are you 
kind. I try to be. And sensitive? Do you sense things? Uh, and then she goes, yeah, you can say. And anyway, um, one of the kids says, this house is creepy, Mom. Let's go find something else. She goes, no, we're going to stay here. All right, fair enough. <laughs> but by, by that, given that, she actually can. She obviously can sense stuff. Um, yeah, there's sort of aspects of the shine in there, I think, where she's got this sort of sensory thing. I mean, I know that they both came out in the, the same year in any case, but... Um... Don't compare this movie to the shine. <laughs> You've always got to get about the shining. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not just... Actually, that, that, that kid reminds me of Reagan McNeil in The Exorcist, if you want to, if you want another horror movie link. You know, just really annoying. Um, uh, let's see. It turns out that Mrs. Elwood lost her daughter, who is Jan's age. But they are going to stay here. They are going to stay in the house. Um, yeah, it... Whatever I've written spinny camera, I don't know what that's about. Um anyway, that's so the, scary parts that actually. Yeah. Hmm. Um when they, they move in and uh they they're moving in and the Jan has got a mirror. She looks into the mirror and oh there's no reflection, which turns so that must mean she's a vampire. Anyway, so the glass smashes and inside the glass is a blindfolded girl. Ooh. And uh, then the glass smashes a bit more. And then she goes, hey, I didn't have a reflection in there. At this point, they're talking to each other. And the, the dialogue picks up a weird pace. And they, it's like they're trying to zip through the scene. Um, I can't, I can't, I'll try and put a clip in of that. You know how old mirrors are? I never made a move yet without something getting broken. Nonsense. I broke a mirror the day I met your mother. I'm not sure that makes your point, darling. <laughs> it's uh, okay, Dad. I'll get it. Be careful. It, it, it sort of it unfolds from there, um, and it transpires that uh, the, the new girl who's moved to the house looks uncannily like Beth Davis's daughter who went missing sort of 38, 30 years earlier. Um, but the, you mentioned the, at the beginning, with the, you know, the, the point of view shots at the beginning, that, those, that's some of the really scared me that, because it was just like a camera moving around in the trees and in the bushes, and you knew that something was mm. um, going on. So, you, you know, someone's watching, you know, someone's um, there, whatever it might be. And that, that, was one of the really, that was one of the things that really scared me about it. I've never really seen that sort of technique used or, or recognised it in a... Did you, a, did you see you know? this when you were younger? Oh, yeah, I would have been. Well, I would have been, to be honest, it might have been around the time I'd watched The Thing from Another World or oh. <laughs> The Shining, but oh. I might have been about eight, um, oh. I think, because the, the, mirror, the mirror thing scared me as well. And when you look at now, right. the really sort of innocuous stuff. And there's, there's a scene where uh, a name, uh, and again, I'm not keep mentioning the shine, but the, there's the same way a name appears in uh yeah, the so on, on very, the glass. Very shining. Um mm. here all right, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to be open with you now. There was nothing I found scary about this movie whatsoever. Yeah. Um 
Well, I, I, I suppose you got. I'm, I'm look. I'm trying to look at it through the, you know, the, being a kid and and watching it. No, I, guess. You I wouldn't know, expect anyone to find it scary. Now I don't think you know. You know what? When I was when I was watching it, I, I, that was my that was my thought. They, they, he's seen this when it was it was younger in it. Yeah, and it and it resonates. And I watched a few YouTube videos after after watching it because I sometimes I like to sort mm-hmm. of get a sort of an idea of, you know, because. There's people out there a lot smarter than me who've done their homework and things, so it's nice to yeah. nice to do that. And a lot of people who watched it and came along, you know, it's from their childhood. Um, but I think it just we'll keep going, and then right at the end, I'll really tell you everything that I thought about it because it's not like me to stop mid plot. Where am I? Ah, hey, no reflection. Oh yeah, so Ellie's got a scary mask. Boo! And then they say good night to each other. It's bedtime. Um, let's see, Miss, we see Mrs. Aylwood go off to the woods with a lamp. Whoa. I think it's Mrs. Aylwood. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the thing the thing I liked about that scene is Jan's looking out, she sees someone creepy going into the woods and she goes, oh, well, back to bed. Yeah, like it's totally normal occurrence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about what's going on out there. Um, uh, we uh, Ellie is talking in her sleep, oh, oh. and then um, she wakes her up and she, and she says to Jan, "No, you were talking, but it wasn't Jan who was talking." Then we see some misty woods outside, and the curtain goes a bit flappy. Now that is scary. We're suddenly introduced to Mike. What? Next scene, it just jumped straight into Mike, and we're supposed to just know who Mike is straight away. Um, um, they're buying puppies for some reason. This isn't even mentioned. It just, it just jumps straight from one thing to another. Yeah, it's, it just throws him in, doesn't it? He's like the golden boy who just appears. And scary, scary scene, and then it's like Jan and Mike yeah. are talking to each other, like they've known each other for years. <laughs> um, we see that POV shot again. You know, it's very. Um, I don't know how to explain. Obviously, it is a, a point of view shot. To me, it's. Not quite Evil Dead because that's more running along the floor and a lot faster. But um, I don't know how, I don't know. I can't think of another horror film particularly where that's used as the sort of point of view of a ghost. Um, yeah. So there is something in that. Like I say, compare, compare it to the Evil Dead um, in terms of, you know, seeing the point of view of the, of the mm-hmm. thing. But, yeah. Um, it's different. It is different. Anyway, uh, so let's see. Ellie picks a puppy, and then she's trying to think of a a name, and then she suddenly just draws a name backwards. Narek. Oh, lovely! But it turns out it was the name Karen. <laughs> and she goes, "Where the hell did you get the name Narek from?" And it's like, um, she goes, "Oh, you told me, Jan." So someone's whispering to Ellie. Now what's that? What does it mean? You ought to know. You whispered it to me. I was talking to Mike. Well, I heard somebody say it. I've never seen you write like that before. Uh, let's see. Mrs. Fleming. Mrs. Fleming. Um, she sees the word Karen, and she's going, oh, Karen. We, what have I got? We never know Karen. Yeah. Sorry, let me just get to grips with it. 
I think you've reached the point that the, the filmmakers reached where they thought we need to rewrite and cut and get six new directors <laughs> and four new endings and disregard the original ending of the book, you know. Um, I think from what I can tell that Mrs. Fleming's basically saying, look, this is none of my business. Basically, um, I think she, she knows something's happened, but I think she's trying to she's, sort of not not refer back to it, what you know what has happened in the past. I think I think that's what the the aim is. She refers back to basically. You can see her like react to the name Karen. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, we see Ellie and Narek playing uh, back at the house. Uh, and, ooh, and there's a dodgy bloke behind the tree. Dodgy bloke behind the tree. Uh, that's his song. Um, in the and then she goes into the woods, and then uh, Jan chases after her. Oh, Ellie, uh, Mrs. Aylwood watches. Ooh. Um, oh, actually, no, she doesn't quite chase after her. She, well, she does, but before that, there's a little funky radio that she switches off. I liked the funky radio. Um, then she goes into the woods, and she's chasing after her. <laughs> the, the thing about this, the two of them are arguing with each other, and and then suddenly, suddenly it feels like Jan's very easily distracted because the sun starts shining through, and she's like, "Yeah, don't run off." Oh, pretty. <laughs> really enjoyed that. Um, we hear humming, and then she's like, oh, "What's?" Uh, but it's not Jan who's humming; it's just humming coming from somewhere. And then we see some cartoon circles in the water in a flash. And then Jan ends up under the water. Um, Aylwood comes along and it seems like she's sort of poking Jan under the water, but don't worry about that. Um, I I will say this is a good shot. Her underwater panicking for life is very well done Um, in in terms of seeing her from the top and underwater. It's it's a good shot. Um, Well done, this movie. Uh, Anyway, it turns out Aylwood saved her life. Uh, Turns out she's quite nice, actually, after all. Oh, yeah. Um, where do we get the name Narek from? And she goes, oh, that's her name Karen backwards. And Elwood says, oh, that was my daughter's name. Then she tells her that she saw her girl blindfolded. And she says, oh, by the way, I do sell stuff. I do send, I do sell stuff. I actually thought was curious about this. The two sisters, one of them seems to see stuff and the other one's hearing stuff. And I, I didn't know if that was relevant or not, but well, not obviously that is what happens in the film. But I don't know if they made it that way on purpose because it feels like Jan's the main character, but Ellie's got a part to play. And but yeah, like, like I say, um, Jan's like, look, I've seen some shit. I've seen this blonde girl who's blindfolded, knocking around, and then she asks her what happened. But uh, we just know that Karen went missing back in the day. Um, she tells her she. Let's see, she tells her that back in the day, there was a, she knew she was at this church that was on fire. Some other kids ran out, but there was no body there. Um, ooh. Uh, they, they were playing some kind of weird game, basically. Then we hear some whispering in the wind, whispering in the wind. And um, we seem to think she's still out there. I really don't know what I've written here, but I've written she's talking shite. <laughs> this has got to be it the one. Like it's had quite, quite a disconcerting effect on you, which um, is, is good, really, because it, it's it's good that it, it evoked some reaction. Mm. 
And then we suddenly skip to the motocross. Um, so one minute we're talking about serious ghost things. Next thing, we're at the motocross. Yeah. And it turns out Mike's here. And we know it's Mike because his helmet says Mike on the side. So we're, we're easily able to figure that out. Uh, there's a good line I enjoyed here where the girl asks about sandwiches and the dad's like, yeah, I got four, you got one. I don't know why I liked it, but I did. Um, Dan decides to go have a closer look. And look, oh, there's Mike again. We know this because his helmet says Mike on it. Ellie moves. Oh, Ellie moves away. And then we see the sort of POV shot again. And Ellie's like, Jan, get out of the way. And then a flying bike comes through, comes by. And it's a... Oh, anyway, so they're like, oh, it's lucky you moved. I thought it was fucking lucky she moved. Because um, that bike just exploded. Um, let's see. So uh, she's she's talking to Mike in the car about stuff that's happened. She starts a story and then um, it's not a very long story, but for some reason she doesn't finish the story until they get home. <laughs> I know it's I know that's a movie thing. That's how it's shot. But she's talking to him in the car on a country lane. Then we flick to the rest of the story as they're getting out of the car. It's like. It makes me wonder if the there's, there's no how long how long our shot the journey was, is there? It's tell just me, tell the me story. the rest of the story. Tell yeah. Well, I'll tell you in a minute. Tell me now. No, we'll wait till we get back. <laughs> I want to be walking for the rest of this. This drama. Um, let's see. Oh, um, yeah. So Jan is talking about uh, Tom Colley and Mary Pierce. And Mike goes, hey, my mum used to be called Mary Pierce. Oh, that's interesting. Um, but Mike doesn't want to talk about it. And then Jan hates the words. This has got to be the worst plot down I've ever, ever, ever done. I'm really sorry. No, I'm glad it's. Uh, I'm glad it's got a reaction. It's important, you know, because at least it's not anything. Uh, mm. I, I just think it, someone needs to be brilliant. Or absolutely shit, you know. Yeah. Don't be. Don't just be. Don't just be in the middle going. Like, oh, I don't know what uh, I thought. Of. You know. I hate, you know you're I, hate, I hate to tell you this, but I have changed the 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 thing. There is a middle ground now. Right. Okay. Oh well, that's good. <laughs> then that, 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 there's a middle ground. All of us created a middle ground, so that's no. That's I, 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 when we get to the review system, it used to be two tiers, but I've changed yeah. it so there's a middle ground now. Uh, anyway, so uh, let's see. Where's Karen? Um, oh, where's Karen? Karen? Oh yeah. There's uh, <laughs> me going. Who the fuck is Karen? Um, but I think maybe she ran away, but um, oh, we know it was a game gone wrong. And Summer Lightning. Summer Lightning. My name is Summer Lightning. It's a good name, that. It's a good name for a superhero. Sorry. Um, the, pa- the parents piss off again. They're always leaving. The amount of times you see the parents just leaving. Right, bye, kids. Uh, you going again? Always leaving. It was a different time in the 80s, wasn't it? We were all left at home without our parents, weren't we? Weren't we? Right. You better cut that out, actually. Um, I went out a lot. I could be out all day long in the 80s. Yeah, but there must have been days when you just got left at home watching horror films all day. No, I didn't watch horror films when I was a kid. I was too much of a wiener. Right. Um, <laughs> too much of a wiener. 
was too much of a wiener when I was 12, I reckon. I was still watching Power Rangers. I've got a defense for Power Rangers just before we get into this. My, me and my dad used to watch Godzilla films and it reminded me of Kaiju and stuff like that. So. Oh, yeah. I used to watch them like when I was a kid. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, Watcher in the Woods, which we should probably get back to. Uh, uh, let's see. So uh, we see the Woods POV again and this time they go riding. Oh, riding. Um, and someone's watching from the woods and then uh mike goes let's go through the woods and it's like at this point i'm thinking mike you 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 know that they don't like the woods and then suddenly the windpipe blows up and one of the horses no in fact all the horses run away um a van comes along a, a nice classic 80s 70s van 70s 80s van um flashing its lights no less uh and it falls off a bridge and uh, let's see, Mike manages to stop Ellie from getting speared on spikes. And then we find the church and we see another POV. And for some reason, they use the music from Jaws, um, which I'm definitely going to have to put in. It's definitely, it's like, where is this the Jaws music now? Uh, anyway, so she goes in. Anyone there? Um, which we know you shouldn't say in a horror film. Um, she sees that triangle again. You know that triangle we've seen before? And there's a coffin in there. She looks inside the coffin and there's oh, a ghosty girl. Uh, and then a bird. Ah! It scares the shite out of her. And then some bloke is in there. Um, some bloke? Um, Mike shows up and the dodgy bloke runs but it turns out it was only Tom Collie and um, she tells him she saw the girl and Mike's like yeah I'm sure you did uh, and then while they're in there the chairs fall over and the wind comes through and all the glass smashes and and Ellie says what caused all this destruction and they're like oh it was the wind and she goes oh what wind We see these overlapping circles, which at this point, it's like, am I supposed to make any sense of that? It does come back, but it's, I find it very odd that the character noticed two overlapping circles like it was a thing. I like, oh, look, two overlapping circles. I wonder if that means a thing. Why have you picked that out? I don't know. Oh, uh, then we go, we skip to Tom Collie and he's talking to Mr. The Keller, Keller. Um, I like Tom Collie because he's got a right voice. The night we we were at the Thunder. God knows where this movie's supposed to be set. Yeah, Bristol, I think. Was <laughs> yeah, yeah. that my uh, Devonshire kind of thing? I'm not sure because not everyone's got the same accent. Um, we were shot at Ettington Park, which is where um, Robert, you know, Robert Wise, mm. who was one of my favorite directors, he, he filmed The Haunting. Um, so the, the interiors of the house that uh, they live in in Watcher in the Woods are where The Haunting was filmed in 1963, I think it was. Bit of a Good stuff. Uh, let's see. Uh, Keller's like, get a hold of herself. Um, and then Tom Colley's like, are we being haunted? 
And then we get another one of these delightful jump cuts where it just goes from one thing to another. It's a ghost train. I had to rewind that because I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> uh, they're at the fair. And then she goes into a, uh, Jan goes into a hall of mirrors. There's lots of mirrors. And Karen's in there going, help me. And she comes out and goes, uh, Mike, I saw her again. And Mike's like, what? Because apparently he's not quite getting, grasping the plot of this movie so far. Me and him both. Jan says she's got to find out what happened. So she goes to see Mr. Keller and his dog hates her. Um, and he says, it's private property, piss off. But she asks about, she says, talks about Karen Aylwood, sees in mirrors. And um, she's asking what happened. And he said, bugger off. And she says no. And he goes, yeah. And she just uh, fucks off. Then for some reason, she stops at the woods. Um, and it's not clear why she just stops at the woods. And we get see her following by something. But it, she, it turns out she's going to Tom Collie's shack. And uh, the cat, cat gives her a jump scare. For some reason, animals really seem to hate Jan. Um, that, I think but, she kicked um, when she was a kid. Well, she's effectively yeah. a kid in the film, but um, I think that's where that stems from. Cats, they, they do remember things like that. Yeah, but that bird didn't like her. That bird in the coffin didn't like her. Um, I know the cat will have had a word with, with the, the surrounding uh, wildlife, I would imagine. Oh, so it's an animals of farthing woods situation, right? Fair mm-hmm. enough. I didn't realise what was going on. Let's see. Um, cat jump scare. Oh, yeah. Tom Collie approaches her with his hand out. I can't even explain what this looks like, but it's not how you approach people. Uh, I'm doing not it on camera now. Uh, <laughs> but he touches her and goes, you ain't a ghost. Um, true, I'm not. But it turns out he looks after the animals. He's got some dead animals dangling from the roof, and he goes, when they're like that, I buries them. Not like them poor little ones there. When I finds them like that, dead... You've got them dangling from your roof, mate. Yeah, but later I buries them. Later I bloody buries them. Once I've dangled them for a while. Um, it was... Um, anyway, he basically tells her about what happened. Um, so they were playing this game in this church, really, where the three of them had a secret society and they wanted to induct Karen into it. So they do this thing where they surrounded with each other all holding hands um but then the lightning lightning hit at the time the bell from the roof dropped and it turned out she'd gone um because they never found her um so yeah they never they never found her in, in this church uh, we skip from there to ellie humming and mrs awood's like uh, aylwood's like oi that song and she shows the music box where the song comes from um, and then Jan shows up and we see this POV again. And then Ellie goes all weird and she's going, must help Karen, must open door chapel soon. I'm not Karen sort of thing. Or I'm not a Karen. I've gone all weird. Uh, she faints. And then the mum's like, look, we're, we're leaving right now. Uh, she's, we said, she says, we're leaving right now. So then we cut to the night time. Um, so they, they didn't quite leave right now. It was the night time. Um, and the car dies. Um, the car dies and it comes to life. And then it sort of dies again. 
And Jan's like, look, come on, we're going to have to go back. And anyway, it's, the car stops on this rickety old bridge. And Jan's like, come on, we need to get out of here. Uh, and then a lightning shows up and there's a fire and an explosion. And they all go back to the house. And we see Jan whiffling at the window for some reason. Um, whiffling on. Uh, POV again in the house now. I don't know if you can tell, but this is the point in the film where I start getting quite invested. <laughs> yeah, towards the end. <laughs> yeah. It's quite a short film, actually. I think it's only about an hour and hour 20 and minutes. It's, it's, it's probably, because, probably because so much was cut by different uh, directors and editors. Right. Yeah. Anyway, whatever it is, is inside inside and um it goes it goes inside ellie and ellie writes do again tomorrow and uh, then she goes what we talk about do it again tomorrow she's like oh don't know um and anyway we we basically get round to that because there's going to be eclipse that day that's the thing that's needs to be done tomorrow so she wants to get all the people back to the church to do the ceremony ceremony again. And Mrs. L was like, no, don't do it. And Dan's like, come on, I've got to get rid of this haunting. Um, so she goes, come on, Kelly, you've got to go. And despite the fact that previously he was like, no, fuck off. He goes, all right, then let's go. Uh, and everyone heads to the church. And let's see, Ellie chases Narek into the forest. and um, And then... Uh, oh, oh, we're back to the back to the church, and and it's like, come on, we've got to try this thing, and then <laughs> back to Ellie again, who's going, come on, Narek, you little shit, get back here, and then Ellie suddenly goes into a trance, and she's like, Narek, good word, uh, and the ritual begins, and Ellie shows up, and she's going, oh, we swap places, I want to return home. Uh, I would be transferred by mistake. We must reverse the process. Almost time. Help me. I must return home. Where's home? What happened to Karen? Continue. Continue. My power comes from you. The three linked as before. When darkness comes at noon. Eclipse. It's almost time. Hurry. And but at this point, the three people from before, they're surrounding Jan. They've got their hands held. And they're like, Jan, move. And Mike breaks the circle, which is a bit of a dick. But it turns out that Karen is back um, from somewhere or other. Whatever the thing was. Uh, swap places with her, and guess what? It's a happy ending all round. Phew! Listen, I'm sorry about that plot going down. It was wasn't it wasn't it wasn't my best. Uh, I did get decidedly more invested the last fifteen minutes of the film. The thing is, so I need to ask you why you brought this along, and I think I know now is that you saw it when you were younger, and it obviously resonates with you. Um. And it is nice to have something completely different that people have probably, well, maybe never heard of. Yeah, that, that was one of my things, really, because I thought, I mean, as, as you've described it then, as we've discussed it, I, I sort of hope we haven't convinced anyone to watch it because it's quite obscure. 
and it's like my thing, so it'll probably remain that. I don't think we've, I don't think we've uh, bigged it up too much there, have we? You know? Um, no, no, and I, and I'm sorry because I, I owed you probably a better plot run down than that, and I think, but I think we did quite well with the questions, so I think we're all right. I think we're all right as a, as episode. Well, we, we only had so much material left as as far as the the movie goes because it was so fractious making it there's bits missed and here there and everywhere when which I, I like to think we've probably captured in the podcast <laughs> yeah but um the thing is will it scare anyone now i'd like to know well it didn't it didn't it, it, it didn't scare me in the slightest i actually found it laughable poorly acted in, in places very yeah. poorly acted in places yeah absolutely, and, yeah, yeah. And confusing too. It, there was there was lots of moments of it where it's like I don't know where they're going with this, and I've said it a couple of times to you there, where they just seem to jump from one scene to another. Especially yeah. the introduction of Mike is insane because it's like, like I like I, like I said, they're, they're doing one thing and then suddenly Mike shows up and everyone's friends with him, and it's like, you know, he lives on this farm, but he's not a typical farm person. He's got a very He's very posh, very, <laughs> and he yeah, he's, like the, he's a potential sort of love interest for um, yeah, Jan, yeah. yeah, I guess, yeah, uh, yeah. But again, I think it, that that the the it jumps about in that way again because it's probably there's all different paths shot at all different times and different directors and yeah, writers um, and editors and whatnot. So let's let's. Um... Let's just talk about this original ending then. Did you get around to watching it when I said, or? No. Uh, right, okay. Well, I think one of the reasons I've never taken the trouble to watch it is because uh, I just recall it as the original version I saw when I was a kid, and that is what's in my mind. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's what I saw. That's what I remember. That's what I watched. Do I need to change that? But now you're sort of, you fired my curiosity a bit now, so I'm thinking maybe I will watch it on the back of this and, you know. I'm going to have to ruin it for people because of the podcast. So, um, right. uh, I don't know if you know what actually what happens in the original ending. Um, but instead of basically what happens instead of Ellie showing up uh, at the end to swap places with someone, it's sort of an insectoid demon thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also oh, ET type. Well, maybe not yeah. ET, but yeah, I know what you mean. This sort of otherworldly being. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's quite a, it's yeah. quite a scary monster. Mm. Um, and it it takes Jan up to a spaceship, and she finds Karen there, and then they get beamed back to Earth. And it's a very right. odd ending. Yeah, and it sounds expensive. No, well, I think I think potentially just, the know. potentially the version that I've seen is a remastered version because originally, as I understand it, it was so badly done that it looked yeah. awful. Um, and I know, I think I did read somewhere that there had been a Blu-ray release or something like that where they, where right. they reintroduced this ending. So it might have been that might have been what I saw because what I saw yeah. wasn't terrible, but it's no less confusing um, because it hits this point of: is it a ghost movie? Is it a demon? Is it an alien? What the fuck? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Is it an interdimensional? Is it an interdimensional being? Um, it's it's a bit. It, it's very odd. And I think there are 
there are moments in this film where it's um there's some good shots where Jan is underwater, which I really enjoyed. You know, there's got a decent bit of peril there. Yeah. And the first time, well, not the first time, but towards the end when the um, the point of view ghost or whatever you've seen goes actually into the house and then into Ellie and she's writing backwards, is has got a creep factor to it. It's not scary, but it has got a creep factor to it. So there are good moments in this, but overall... It didn't do a lot for me. Um, but is it, is it? would you say it's probably what you'd expect from a Disney film that was trying to be a horror movie? I suppose that there's limitations on what they can do because they're a Disney film and, and therefore it would have been a, uh, a PG certificate if PG was even um, a thing then. I'm not sure it would have been, but... I don't know. I think, I think there were Disney cartoons that have been scarier. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a mm. good point. Yeah. So I think I think they could have done they could have done a, a lot more with it. If anything, and I think what you said, I think it is victim of its reshoots in the in the end, it's very confusing. Yeah. Um any, if, any film that NGO was that that that's always the case, isn't it? When yeah. when they're hiring directors and, and writers, there's there's always problems no matter the genre or the uh the budget. It's yeah. it's always catastrophic in the end, isn't it? But, uh, you know, I don't, three hours, maybe. I don't think I have much more to say about it. The only thing that I do have to say about it, actually, that I did want to mention to you is the trailer for this movie really sells it as a different movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the trailer for the movie is fantastic. And it's like, God, this, this looks like it's going to be the scariest movie in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, no. Uh, Something happened in these woods. Something that has never been explained. And it's happening again. Now. Did you hurt yourself? Oh, it's just a little cut. What sort of person are you? Sensitive? Do you sense things? The past pursues the present like a recurring dream. What began as a game ended when a young girl vanished into thin air. was my daughter's name. What do you think happened to Karen? I think she's still out there. Karen is trying to come back. What did you see? Not Karen outside there. Don't you understand? It's someone else. Only Jan can help Karen. But who's going to help Jan? Betty Davis, Carol Baker, David McCallum, and Lynn Holly Johnson. Whatever happened to my Karen could happen to you. The Watcher in the Woods. If, if you will, one, it, it, it verges on being a good, bad movie. Um... 
I don't know. Anyway, uh, I, I didn't actually put it out on the Facebook because I'm a bit rubbish, so I don't have any other comments than that. So I guess we'll just go into the review system. Now, yeah. like, like I say, I've changed it slightly. Um, so we've got it's either a creative psychopath, mm-hmm. it's shit, or mm-hmm. in in the middle we've got ooh that was scary. Yes, I like this. So that and that that, that was scary bit, wasn't it? That hasn't been in before. No, no, that's no, no, no. It was in the previous. I'm not sure you could. I'm not sure you can quantify this, and that's what I like. I like the ambiguity of it. So where are you going to put it? I feel like it might need a new category. No, no, because it's literally just a to me. It's actually in not out yet, but the Saint Maud episode is is previous to this, and uh, I introduced it there, and basically. For me, when you're listening to movie reviews, if you go, you know, one one through four, it's obviously a bad move. Five through seven, it's like you can watch it if you want to. And, yeah. you know, so that's really what my review system is. And uh, I'm going to have to go for, I really am going to have to go for shit. <laughs> after, some, after some consideration there, that's fair enough. But it, I like the fact that it, made you think, mm, what is it? You know, is it shit? Is it good? Is it a good, bad movie? Is it a bad, good movie? It's certainly not a bad, good movie, is it? I don't think. It's definitely not a bad, good movie. No. no. Um, yeah, I just think... I would have... I think I could have given it an ooh, that's scary, if it had an ending that made any sense. But because, yeah. because it builds to something and then just ends with it going, mm, don't know. Don't know what it was. <laughs> Where it's going? Yeah. I don't know what it was. Was it a ghost? Was it what was it? Yeah, just sort of left you kind of like meh, just like oh yeah, which is that's never a good way when the film is it where you're just no. totally indifferent about the ending. If it had, if it had had a downbeat ending, for me that would have that would have been the best. If Jan had disappeared as well, then it would have yeah. then I, then I'd have given it a creative psychopath. <laughs> I think for the performance it gave at the box office, they could have, they might as well have done that because I don't think it would have affected, you know, the audience response because it, it just kind of no. But, um, I mean, it wasn't a huge budget thing in any case. But no, I didn't actually know. I normally mention the budget, and I don't think it did. Um, no. So let me just find that now. Um, oh, it was a nine million budget, but it five million box office, so it didn't do. It lost money. But mm. I, I understand it's got quite a cult following now, so that's, you know. Well, I hope so, on the back of this. Right, so uh, let's move on then. So that was the filling in the horror sandwich. So all we need to do now is do the last two questions. Mm-hmm. Um, the last slice of bread. So what is a scary moment from a non-horror movie that you remember? Right, this is... I'm not sure if anyone would have given this genre of film as an answer in, in this previously, but it's actually from a Bond All right. movie. And it's specifically, it's the death. And when I say death, I say it in inverted commas because of the scene uh, in which Baron Samady in Live and Let Die um, is killed. So towards the end where Bond is, he's at the site of the, there's a lot of voodoo stuff, isn't it? They're in New Orleans and they're in Haiti, I think, and all that. And there's a, I remember the, the scene again, I was quite young watching it, but I used, to, I used to be a huge Bond fan as a kid, especially Roger Miller. And there's a scene where Baron Sammy, he just rises up from the, the grave as part of the ceremony, he just comes up upright, he's got a big top hat on, and he's, oh, he's yeah. upright. You, you probably recall that. And he, he always looked quite scary and sort of white, all the Phantom of the Opera type mask sort of thing on. 
And uh, and then Roger Moore is bombed. He just pulls his gun out and he shoots him. And he, the, the sort of white portion of his head, it's like a porcelain mask and it shatters. And then he shoots him again and his whole body's like sort of porcelain. It all just shatters and collapses down. And what I liked about it was that I like the, the scariness of the way he appears and how he looked. You think, oh, something's going to something's gonna be scary. Some little shit's going to go down here. And then the comedy, which was a sort of staple of the Roger Moore Bond films, of him just, you know, the, all the sound he's gone because he just pulls a gun and he shoots him and he just shatters. And it's it's almost like the, you know, that you're puncturing the bogeyman myth. There's nothing there, really. If you prod it and push it and or shoot it, it just it disappears. And, that, and that's what happens in that scene so that's um that's why i chose it that's a good one uh so the last question is if you could make any non-horror movie a horror movie what would you choose well i'm not sure if this isn't already a horror movie but i think it would benefit from i don't know if i, I think it would make a horror film but a, a sort of tv series but the adams family which has always been i know it's based on a comic strip and it's always it's had a couple of movie incarnations. There was the animated ones a couple of years ago, which were great fun. And of course, the the one with Angelica Houston and Raul Julia in about, I think, 1991. But there were, there were certainly comedies. But I, I sort of picture it as a, you know, like Succession, the mm. TV Succession, a, a big sort of dynastical rambling um, TV series about the family with, um, you know, external characters perhaps who you haven't seen before and they could throw in all kinds of, killings and that sort of succession sopranos kind of vibe i think but with the others um but that that's the that would be my my choice for that but is it already a horror film Mm, no 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 it's always been a comedy i think so yeah yeah which which makes me think about um rob zombies monsters that's on its way yeah but i think i think he has made it a comedy i don't think it's gonna yeah, I don't think he's gonna make it. You know, I don't yeah. think he's gonna rob zombify it. Apart from the fact that his wife's obviously in it. I think because um, because um, the Adams family's always been a comedy. I mean, it's a comic strip originally, and and the, the films have been comedy. That, that's always what you'd have in mind. You know, even mm-hmm. if someone said, "Oh, I'm gonna make it into a proper horror thing," like I think there's just been an announcement they're gonna make a horror. There's a horror version of Winnie the Pooh, I think, coming out, isn't there? Did you hear about that? Yeah, yeah Blood and Honey, I think it's called. Yeah, and I, I thought, well, it's a curious sort of idea, and it'd be interesting to see mm. what it's like. Oh, yeah, I quite like that, Blood and Honey, yeah. But yeah, the Adams Family, I think, for that would might be a... No, it, it's a good idea, actually. It is actually a clever idea, because, um, you know, all they need to do is take some of the things from, like, the Adams Family movies and just add the actual almost go to it. Yeah, it comes ready made, doesn't it? Almost, yeah. you know, you just need to put the put the, the bloodshed in, if you like. And I, don't, I mean, yeah. I haven't about casting it or anything like that, but I'm not sure who you would think would um, play yeah. Morticia. And... Although, no, I think about it, isn't there something coming up, a TV series, a Wednesday TV series? Oh, really? Right. Yeah, I think so. I think there is something oh. coming up. Because there, yeah. we- there was a Wednesday YouTube thing. Right. And that was really good. And that was very, um, quite spooky, actually. Yeah, um, that we'd expect from it, yeah. Yeah. Right. Maybe, maybe the wheels are in motion with us. Who knows? Right, yeah. So, um, 
Thanks very much for coming on. That was a good. Uh, it was a good episode, I thought, apart from my plot rundown. Uh, <laughs> but it was a good episode in general. Um, so thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. You're very welcome. Right. So uh, that was the final slice of bread in the horror sandwich. Being that it's a horror sandwich, of course, I am going to have to ruin it with uh, uh, vague plot detail. Vague plot details. Like, so um, follow us on all the social medias. Uh, the Facebook group that you need to get join is Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast. I lost my actual Facebook account, so I had to reopen the group elsewhere. So it's very frustrating, but um, yes, to do that. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, all those places. If you want to get access to the Discord, just ask. Um, and the last thing to say is, boy. Bye.